We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 30th, 2019. Getting right into the study, a ton of stuff we're going to be covering today. Um, <clears throat> received this uh, feedback and boasting from a Satanist. Uh, received this, I think, yesterday from Pet the Goat. Dark Goat 6. And the email address he gave me was bogus, but. The subject line was foolish, and it says, Hello, Scotty. Christians like you are trying to destroy our world. There's no doubt you are the evil ones. <laughs> so, you know, got to kind of make you feel good right off the bat there, you know. I mean, I want to be on the exact opposite side of wherever Satan is. So, you know, kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Anyway, everything to you is morally wrong. You attack other people's religions. The new world order is coming, and the dark goat has arrived. Embrace that your religion is at its end. Your virtue and morals to us is like vomit. The indulgence of what feels right is essentially all that matters. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Um, and, he, and then he says, stop telling people how to live their lives. Nobody has to listen to you or any of your other depraved Zetians, whatever that is. They want to strip all of our rights, our fetishes, all of our lustful urges that should be embraced. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Um, yeah, I want to strip them of all their fetishes, yeah, and their lustful urges, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, granted, I don't want them doing these types of things, but, you know... It's like we just want to rain on their parade and they want to fornicate and, and kill and murder and steal and commit, commit every sin in the book and, you know, we're kind of raining on their parade is, is what it sounds like to me. Um, then it goes on to say, fornication and other abominations to you are beauty to us. Yeah, well, you know, woe unto them to call evil good and good evil. You know, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I mean... That's what they do. To them, good is evil, and evil is good. And increasingly, as we head into the into the end times, this is the attitude that you're going to see adopted more and more and more. You know, all the protected statuses of like transgenders and gays and all of these protected classes now that are being created, all of these wicked things that are being condoned that the Bible condemns, well, those, you know, are are what's good now that's what's morally right and the christians are the ones that are actually the evil ones and they are the bigots and honestly and something like this all it should really do to anyone that's a christian is just confirm that they're on the right path and uh then he ends up by he ends up by saying timohab hob which what that means is this name is the reverse, like, um, the reverse order for Baphomet, the uh, goat of Mendez, the horned goat god that he was talking so much about. So that they, you know, one of the things that Aleister Crowley, you know, advised his followers to do is do everything backwards. You, you, you know, talk backwards, walk backwards, do all these things backwards. And when they write stuff backwards and then you have backward masking on a lot of the rock albums like stairway to heaven and you know it'll say like it'll have a verse in there in the uh 
song and then you play it in reverse and it'll say like my sweet satan that type of stuff all that stuff's done there and put there demonically by design on purpose um so yeah that's the reverse order name for baphomet so my response but is um to him is i said my religion will never end and meaning christianity meaning you know the worship of the lord jesus christ that's never going to end okay praise the lord jesus christ unfortunately for you unless you humble yourself and get saved through the lord jesus christ you're going to end up in the lake of fire for eternity with baphomet the antichrist the false prophet and all their minions and followers revelation 20 10 says and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever that's their end that's how it turns out for them they think they're on the winning team they think they're going to use evil to defeat god yeah that really makes a lot of sense uh and then revelation 2015 says and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire and then i end it by saying repent while there's still time so wanted to start off that with that because then the next thing we're getting into this report just came out and i've trimmed it down a little bit because i didn't really agree with all of the tenets of this report but so i kind of stuck with the ones i felt were the most biblically valid and easily verified 16 biblical reasons to pray the imprecatory psalms for judgment on wickedness and i've covered this quite a bit in other teachings i've done and i will give you my teaching on imprecatory prayers uh, within the pdf here as well the imprecatory or vengeance psalms are probably the most difficult obstacle christians face when taking up the psalms as their own prayers here's why i think we should pray them number one because the Lord's pattern prayer teaches us to pray similarly. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 The coming of the kingdom includes vanquishing of the king's enemies. According to 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, 5-12. So, in other words, when you pray for God's kingdom to come, that when that ultimately comes, okay, that is going to be vanquishing God's enemies. I mean, at the battle of Armageddon. So that's going to be like the most severest God's judgment you've ever seen, maybe barring the flood. But it's going to be in a very, it's going to be in a more tangible way. It's not going to be just water, like rain falling and the fountains of the deep breaking up. It's going to be tangible vengeance from Jesus Christ and his saints. So, um, yeah, that's a great point. Number two, since we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, th this is not KGV they're quoting. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Ephesians 6.12. But I think you'll get the, the gist of it. Uh, because of all this, we can pray the Psalms against Satan and his legions. Yeah, I agree. I think that is like the primary primary way you should pray them. It's not that you're so much coming against flesh and blood, but that you're coming against the evil entities that emanate and operate through flesh and blood. You know, because they're what's, that's the reason that, like, if a person's wicked, well, the reason they're wicked is because they're full of demons, typically. I mean, that's, you know, that's the reason. Three, we can pray them in self-imprecation. Um, if the spirit, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Romans 8, 13. Asking the spirit, Holy Spirit, to carry on his war against the flesh within us. 
until everything that opposes God is destroyed. Okay, so good point. Number four, it cannot be an Old Testament problem because they there are similar New Testament prayers, like the saints in heaven, where in Revelation 6.10 it says, They cried out with a loud voice, O Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And I believe those are like the tribulation saints uh, beheaded. So they're asking for God to judge and avenge the blood, their blood for those that dwell on earth. So, so that's a, that is an imprecatory prayer. And that is New Testament is the point there. Uh, number five, Paul prayed imprecatory prayers. First Corinthians 6.22, if anyone has no love for God, let him be accursed. Uh, and again, it's, this isn't KJV, but... Uh, and then he says in Galatians 1.9, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. And then he goes on to restate that again in, I think, two more verses. So, yeah, that's an imprecatory prayer. And that's New Testament. Six, because of this topsy-turvy world of injustice, the wicked and the righteous recognize where true justice comes from. Inherently, they do, you know. Uh imprecations are appeals to the judge of the earth to play the part of judge okay meaning praying an imprecatory prayer are appeals to the judge of the earth to play the part of judge when god judges wickedness on planet earth good things always happen every single time okay and as soon as uh i just read that this verse came into my mind i, I said this recently too this verse ecclesiastes eight eleven because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily in other words when that happens okay therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil in other words the wicked are watching to see if like their wicked brethren the things that they want to do if they're getting away with it you know and because they see yeah wow um like let's say all the illegal aliens pouring over the borders well there's no there's no judgment on that there's no there's 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 condonement there's reward for that there's okay get come here and get all the free stuff suck our resources dry rape still kill and murder we're not we're gonna just give you a slap on the wrist most of the time if you do any of that stuff to the illegal aliens and well when they see that Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. They're, they're saying to all of their illegal alien brethren, yeah, come on, come on. You know, you can come up here and do anything and get away with it and, get, get, and have the government subsidize all of it and give you free stuff. So that's why we need God's judgment and the church should be praying in precatory prayers and in praying for God's judgment because because there is very little of God's judgment right now on the earth because I believe the church isn't praying for it oh it's coming but because there's little of it therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil it's as simple as that you know people most people will not police themselves. And if they're unsaved and guided by demons, how is that even going to happen? I mean, the Bible says even for Christians, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So we need to police ourselves. We need to judge ourselves. And, and um, But if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, there you have your rudder. You have your, you know, the anchor for your soul type of thing. 
But if you're, but an, for an unsaved person, you know, they see wickedness being, you know, condoned or gotten away with. Well, the heart of the sons of men is fully setting them to do evil then. That's how it all works. So then number seven, praying the imprecatory Psalms leaves vengeance up to God. In the same breath, Paul teaches us to Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. He also says, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. So that kind of should be your mindset, in other words. It's not like, you know, you're over here wanting to see all these people dead, but you're praying for God's vengeance upon wickedness and wicked deeds. And listen, the Bible says that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, but it also says the severity of God. So there's times where the goodness of God is what leads people to God. But there's also where a lot of people will not get saved unless they have the severity of God. And the severity, I think, you know, is if you have somebody that's really hardened against God, that's what it's usually typically takes. Both my parents, I mean, led them to the Lord basically on their deathbed. And it took them being losing everything. I've told that story a lot before about where they lost their multi-million dollar company and it was a 10-year battle again. Then they, they ended up just getting kicked in the teeth over and over by the corrupt court systems. And then in the end, you know, my dad had a massive heart attack. My mom was dying of cancer. And, you know, they had to be stripped of every single thing in order for them to 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 be humbled enough where they would actually get saved. So what it took, it took the severity of God that led them to repentance. So most of the time, that's what it takes. If you want to know more about that, just key in um, passing, the word passing, uh, and then you'll, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you'll hear my testimonies about my mom and my dad's passing. Uh, so then going further, number eight, it shows trust that vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Okay, Romans 12 uh, Romans 12, 19. So you're leaving it in God's hands when you pray in precatory prayers. And precatory prayers are the Psalms of the oppressed and humble. Always prayed from a position of vulnerability and weakness, not dominance and triumphalism. Yeah. I mean, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, you know, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. You're asking God to hide you, like in Psalm 64. You've heard me talk a lot about. So that's a position of like humility you know, before God. Number 10, to pray these against our enemies doesn't necessarily mean hell, but beyond that, pray them against the devils that operate through our enemies in the flesh because the Bible is clear in Ephesians 6, 12, that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, what I did is, I think there was 22 points originally. I, I honed it down to 16 points and then I added a lot of Bible verses in there as well. To kind of bolster this. Um, and it's posted in the PDF for this date. Um, September 30th, 2019 at contendingfortruth.com. Number 11. We are primarily praying against God's enemies. Not our own personal vendettas. Great point. 12. Because cutting out parts of the Bible is what Thomas Jefferson did with his Jefferson Bible. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So in other words... You, you, what they mean by that is that, okay, I don't even look, want to look at an imprecatory prayer. It's not biblical. Okay, well, that's, what, that's a form of what Thomas Jefferson did. You know, the scripture is there for our, our learning and our 
teaching and our guidance and our proof the whole of scripture is old and new testament okay then number 13 we are not taking matters into our own hands our own hands but rather expressing trust in the god who works righteousness and justice for all those who are oppressed according to psalm 103 verse 6 okay so um another great point number 14 it must be understood that our prayers for jesus return imply that quote the lord jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming of fire inflicting vengeance upon those who do not know god and on those who do not obey the gospel of our lord jesus and they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the lord and the glory of his might according to second thessalonians 1 7 through 9 which will result in blood flowing from the wine press at the battle of armageddon as high as the horse's bridle according to revelation 14 20 yeah yeah so these kind these points are kind of restated in different ways but i like the way that this flows because it's kind of like oh okay there's yeah there's kind of a different angle they're using to prove a point about imprecatory prayers 15 praying imprecatory psalms may be the way that early christians had steadfastness and faith in all of their persecutions and afflictions that they that they were enduring since god consider considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you according to second thessalonians 1 4 through 6 and the final point the psalms would not be a true mirror of the human soul without portraying righteous anger and righteous indignation the psalms explore the full gamut of human experience from rage to hope according to and this is from walter Brueggemann in the book i guess he wrote called praying the psalms psalm 63 hmm. and i'm okay that's interesting praying the psalms that's a whole book written on it some ways to pray imprecatory psalms these are some ways pray them against satan pray them against your your sinful nature pray them and now again it would it would depend on the imprecatory prayer not all imprecatory prayers are going to just fit cookie cutter into this way of praying um but these are these are some ideas you know pray them against the world systems of corruption and oppression pray them against the enemies of god and then your enemies okay so it's a good thing to touch on uh can you imagine if the true remnant body of christ was actually doing this on a consistent basis and then combining it with fasting in certain regards i mean they could move mountains but again this isn't something you really hear a whole lot and where i first heard about this was um pastor uh john weaver in fact i've, I've got the the sermon right here this is the first time i ever heard about this it was at a uh, independent fundamental uh king james only unregistered non-501c3 baptist church conference i believe in okeechobee florida um I just been through like probably the darkest year of my life god's chastisement on a level i've never known i deserved every bit of it and um i was kind of kind of starting to well i was kind of starting to come out of it a little bit and god had been showing me this thing about psalm 64 during that time and i had really been in psalms a lot during that time of my life anyway and gravitated toward this and god had shown me all this stuff and particularly psalm 64 and then I went to this conference in Okeechobee, Florida, and Pastor um, Weaver, I believe, preached on this this sermon called "A Door of Hope," and I give you the link here. 
um, to the to the um, to this, and um, I'm just seeing if there's any description. Uh, love Pastor Weaver and uh, his teachings. I don't see a description. <laughs> I'm looking at the comments below, and uh, one lady, Rita Beckett, uh, in 2007. This is how long ago I was telling people about this. Great sermon. Thank you for your wonderful sermon, which was sent to me by Scott Johnson. I was educated and moved by it. It is a sermon that all true Christians should listen to. Thank you. Yeah, and to be quite honest, I would say listen to his first. I give you the link. You could go to Sermon Audio and key in A Door of Hope. You'll find it, I'm sure. Sermon Audio kicked me off a long time ago. I was just too radical for them. Um, and... Um, they did it in a very um, unchristian way, I will say. I'm not slandering them. I'm being totally factual. <laughs> I mean, they they really, they lied to me, basically. And it's a, it's a long story, but I've explained it before. Um, but um, Pastor Weaver's been up there for a long time. And I give you the link here for Sermon Audio in, in this part of the... Uh, pdf for this day and then i'll just give you i give you my teaching on a precatory prayer psalm 64 god's judgment on wickedness a christian's door of hope and i did this teaching august 12 2007 so quite a while ago you know like 12 years over 12 years this is a very important teaching regarding imprecatory prayers and why the judgment of god on wickedness has always been a bible believer's door of hope because see people are losing hope now that, from what I'm seeing, a lot of Christians are really like, if you're really looking at current events coming down, I mean, it's it's beyond disheartening. And if you're with the wrong people in alternative media, and I don't even people that aren't putting out truth, but I mean, like, you know, if you just go with, you know, <laughs> Dave Hodges has a lot of great stuff. He really does. Uh, I don't know how he puts out all the content he puts out, but I mean, there are certain teachings where he will really emphasize jesus and usually it's kind of a maybe like at the end of it but it's so negative it's so like we're gonna die we're gonna die tomorrow there's nothing we can do and i understand if you're looking at it apart from the bible and i'm not even saying he is but it's just i mean i had i had a listener the other day email me about him there he said, yeah, my wife calls him. And it was like Doomsday Dave or something. I don't know, something like that. Uh, and it's kind of true. But see, in precatory prayers, when you pray them in faith, it's building up your faith. It's building up your hope. Because imprecatory prayers reveal the end. How it's going to turn out for the wicked. You know, how's it going to turn out? What was the Bible verse I just gave that Satanist? And the devil and then that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That is their end. Now, granted, I'm not glorying about millions and billions of humans being in the lake of fire at all. But I am glorying about the devil and the false prophet and the antichrist and the fallen angels and the demons and the devils. I am glorying about them being in there. Yeah, I am. Because they've, they've done nothing but show no mercy. And the Bible says they that, you know, show no mercy shall obtain no mercy. They're, you know, the primary reason that this world is in the shape that it's in. 
they were the one that first you know the devil went to eve and tempted her and that's where sin entered in and you know so imprecatory prayers are our door or a are our door of hope and it's it's not our only source of hope but it's praying them will build your hope and build your faith because you see the battles ultimately won by the lord what happens to us when we have no hope because that's where the devil wants to get us as christians you know i'm seeing this more and more christians are, are you know so many wicked things are going on and evil is encroaching on every side that you know there a lot of christians i think are you know they're they're losing hope and we i'm not here to do that i'm here to educate and to be a watchman and to warn you about evil but i'm here to build up your faith and to give you hope so like there's bible verses that um i'm just looking at jeremiah 18 12 and they said there is no hope but we will walk after our own devices and we will do everyone the imagination of his evil heart so in other words when you don't have hope if you were thinking about like let's say you're fully convinced that the bible isn't the word of god and that there is no god and all this other stuff well you don't really have any hope in anything you have no hope at all you just want to give up you just want to throw your hands up well in that condition that you have a tendency to walk after your own devices because you're like well, what does it matter I mean, this is why evolution is so dangerous. Because if you believe you ultimately evolved from a rock. Okay. Because that's where it all starts. You were a rock at one point. And then out of the, the rock kind of formed some primordial ooze and slime over time. And then lightning bolt hit it and two-celled amoeba formed. And eventually the amoeba, you know, got into the primordial ooze, goose, sea thing. And then you eventually sprouted legs and then came on land. And then, you know turned into a platypus and then a monkey and then a you know pig and then maybe piltdown man and neanderthal and whatever if that's your if that's your mindset that we came from nothing big bang theory and all this other how do you really have any hope because it's just all random garbage that doesn't end up anywhere and when we die we die so eat drink today for tomorrow we die that's your mindset when you have no hope deep down because what is there on the other side just nothingness okay well if you're satanist i guess you think you're going to go rule and reign in hell but um that's their perverse hope i guess so when you have no hope it's very it, it's the propensity of man to walk after your own devices and to do everyone the imagination of their own evil heart that's why it's so dangerous um the bible says in ephesians 2 12 that at that time ye were without christ being aliens from the commonwealth of israel aliens mean in this regard means alienated meanings means estranged that's how it's translated doesn't mean aliens like the little green men okay it's what that word means they were estranged from the commonwealth of israel and strangers from the covenant of promise if ye be christ then your abraham's seed meaning the jews and heirs according to the promise where we're the bible says in romans we're like a wild tree of a gentile is grafted into the to the true vine 
okay? And that's if ye be Christ's, if you're saved, then you're Abraham's seed. You're accounted as like your Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, okay? So, um, so let me say that again, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope. See, any unsaved person truly doesn't really have any real hope. Well, what about those that believe in Nirvana and, you know, um, whatever? Well, yeah, it's a false hope. It's not grounded in truth. It's demonically inspired. So it's not real hope. It's a lie is what it is. So having no hope and without God in the world. And let me just read you the next verse. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh. That word means you're made near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So then it goes on to, you know, elaborate more about that. So our hope is in Christ. First um, Thessalonians 4.13, But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, meaning those that, are, that, those that died in the Lord is what they're talking about there. They were saved, but they died. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Meaning the unsaved is who they're in reference to. So it's very important for us that, you know, um, we maintain our hope. And then another verse that came into my head, this one, Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred, meaning hope prolonged and drawn out. If you look at the, the original Hebrew, that's what that word deferred means. Hope deferred, meaning drawn out, prolonged, maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So actually when the when hope is fulfilled, essentially, it is a tree of life. So us maintaining hope is a very, very important thing in today's day and age. And these imprecatory prayers are actually... I mean, that's what Pastor Weaver entitled his whole sermon, A Door of Hope. And you look at the verses he goes over, and unless you're really, really looking at Scripture uh, in depth, you might miss it. You might miss how it actually is a door of hope. And he, go, he gets into some things that I'm sure he covers, in, and I cover some other things in my study. I think they're too, they're too really good to listen. I'd probably listen to him first his teaching, and then maybe listen to mine. Um, in my study, we will explore many scriptures to validate this regarding imprecatory prayers, but this is not a teaching that is usually ever heard or preached on in modern-day churches of America. If we as Bible-believing Christians can get a hold of this biblical concept, the Lord will be able to work through us individually and collectively in a mighty way. Beyond salvation, it is one of the most important issues that the modern-day Bible believer needs to understand, especially going into the dark times we're moving into. And hopefully this will be a big encouragement to you as well. Um, it's also one of our main spiritual weapons, these imprecatory prayers. We will also be exploring the various things that can hinder our prayers and what the prerequisites are for the Lord to even hear our prayers because there's prerequisites. I will be giving my personal testimony regarding these issues as well as the tenets of this teaching have totally changed my life for the better. 
and that's that's me that's me personally um this teaching was originally inspired by pastor john weaver's sermon a door of hope see the link below so i give you all the, that info here and a pdf for it as well now let's go ahead and switch gears because you know i was just talking about dave hodges and this is going to be one of the main deceptions that is coming down the line and it's the coming blue beam deception project blue beam where they're going to have this ability to project and they already do and have for decades most likely gigantic holographic projections into the sky and when matreus says now i'm not again i'm not saying matreus antichrist i think he's going to play a part is one of the ascended masters it's the one that it's the only one that un has really given their full stamp of approval of that i'm aware of he's the coming supposed awaiting world teacher he claims to be the fifth buddha to the buddhists and they're they're all the five major religions he claims to be their coming awaited savior he's got his own website share international united nations sponsored his Pied Piper was Benjamin Krem for many, many years. That was like his false prophet that was proclaiming the way. And they even said in their writings that when this day of declaration occurs for Maitreya, where supposedly everyone in the world is going to hear like Maitreya in their own head, in their own language, and he's going to be making his big debut, and you know he's going to, pump your head full of garbage and lies it's going to sound great there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death it's, it's, it's going to be one of those oh wow this seems like so amazing i'm hearing it in my head how could this not be of god well they've got number one they've got totally technology that can do that voice to skull technology that's been around for quite a while there's also going to be a gigantic demonic component causing this but a thing that's going to go along with this is this Project Bluebeam, where there's going to be gigantic swaths of, like, let's say over India, they're going to see, you know, Krishna in the skies or whatever they, they interpret Krishna to be. Maybe Buddha will be there, too. I, you know, it depends, I guess, on what geographic location you're at. And they have those abilities. And it's going to be a deception like you've ever known. And it probably is going to be one of the main backbones of the... Um, falling away of second thessalonians chapter two the also of the uh, for this cause god shall send them strong delusion that strong delusion that the bible talks about in second the second thessalonians chapter two it's also going to fall under the whole guise of signs and lying wonders and miracles that the antichrist the false prophet are going to bring to the table and that if it were possible they should deceive the very elect so you want to have a heads up about all this stuff before it happens because a lot of people that identify as Christians, unfortunately, I believe, are going to fall away because they're totally unprepared for the deception that's coming. And Bluebeam is going to be one of the backbones of it. Now, I've, I have talked about this before. If you can, Bluebeam in the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com. It's been a little while. And I'm just going to kind of touch on it here. But uh, evidently, they just had this True Legends Branson conference where a lot of people, different speakers spoke and... Dave Hodges was there, and he said, after attending and participating in the True Legends Branson Conference, I have come formulated a new paradigm, and there are indeed roadblocks to doing so. I have come formulating a new, I have come to a new understanding of the issue of alien contact due to the presentations of Mike Adams and Steve Quayle. However, I cannot shake the understanding of what I already know about the True Bluebeam Project 
which is the implementation of a fake alien invasion designed to put all people under one source of power. Well, okay, it can be that. It can be used as a fake alien invasion. It can also be used as, like I said, in Maitreya's Day of Declaration. Maybe Dave's not fully aware of that. I don't know. Not to say it's not going to be used on multiple levels. It's probably going to be used on all those levels as a, decept as a deception tool. I am not one to publicize dreams and visions, but following the conference, I have had a reoccurring dream that keeps increasing in scope, which deals with Blue Beam and a sequence of events leading up to the subjugation of Earth, which which forces the people to rise up. Before unveiling the dream, and I'm not going to get into the dream because a lot of the stuff, I read it and I'm like, oh, it's, it's, that's not going to happen. I mean, he's, at one point he said something about like the, the mark of the beast. It's not going to work on the Christians and they're just going to have to be like covert. Meaning it almost sounded like, yeah, Christians are going to take the mark of the beast, but it's not going to work on them. No, 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 no. You take the mark of the beast, you get to go to the lake of fire. There is no, you know, there's no other thing. That's it. You don't take the mark of the beast ever. There's no justification for taking the mark of the beast. You got to get your head cut off. You got to go through whatever you got to go through. You don't take the mark of the beast ever. Unless you want to wind up in hell, in the lake of fire. I'm just flat out telling you. Now, God will give you the strength to do that. And, you know, I, I understand. Whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever. Okay. I'm saying for people that have to go through that. That end up going through it. God is able to give you the strength to get through whatever is coming. And I will say this also. God always does preserve a remnant. So it's not like every single Christian on the planet is going to have to be beheaded um, regarding this, okay? A lot are, yes. And, you know, but it, the, the, there were some really unbiblical things in his dream, and I don't want to even read it because of that. But this other stuff that he's talking about is, you know, I, I think is very valid. Um. He says, please allow me to outline what I absolutely know to be truth about Bluebeam. For decades, NASA has developed space-based weapon systems designed to penetrate every aspect of our lives, and this plan is labeled as Operation Bluebeam. The Bluebeam project has four different steps in order to implement a New Age religion, along with a rollout of a fake Antichrist at its head. We must remember that the New Age religion is, very, is the very foundation of the New World Order government. Uh, without which religion, the dictatorship of the New World Order is completely impossible. I agree. I believe religion is the absolute total backbone of the coming New World Order. Of all of the things, of the one world currency, the one world government, the one world political system, I believe it's got to be the religious aspect that unites the world. Because it, without that, you'd still have islam you'd still have buddhism you'd still have hinduism you still have christianity you'd still have all these others that are a lot of these religions are um diametrically opposed now i'm not saying christianity is ever compatible with it okay but i'm talking about the lukewarm watered down catholic type of christianity and you know apostate christianity that will be amalgamated into the new world order and witchcraft will be the backbone of that religion. So phase one, the first step in the NASA Bluebeam project concerns the breakdown of all archaeological knowledge. 
we will see more and more fake discoveries of previous alien contact where these new discoveries will finally explain to all people the air of all fundamental religious doctrines and you can go into the ancient astronaut theory if you key that in in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com i get into that how they the aliens are going to say that they were our creators and we're our little science project and they're they're coming back to police their little science project because we've messed things up so bad it's as long as we bow down and worship them and take the mark of the beast everything will be just fine so you or you can key an alien agenda and the keyword search i've done mega mega study after mega study after mega study on the whole coming alien agenda deception very important regarding the days and times we're moving into so this new false doctrine will be used to make all nations believe that their religious doctrines have been misguided for centuries. And again, this is it's all about underlying undermining the faith, particularly of true Bible-believing Christianity. That's the one they're really they got all the other religions. Satan's got all those. What he's really concerned about is is true Bible-believing Christianity. That's the one they're really going to want to undermine. Because see, the more people fall away from the faith, the less more the, the more people aren't praying about this. And the less impediments Satan has to bringing forth his new world order. Um, psychological preparations for the first step have already been implemented with such things as Star Trek, the Star, Star Trek TV series, uh, 2001, a Space Odyssey film, X-Files, Falling Skies, the TV series V, and Colony. I mean, you, there's countless more. And movies such as Independence Day and District 9. All of this constitutes the psychological conditioning designed to promote a paradigm shift designed to get the public to accept an alien existence. Yeah, yeah, true. Phase 2. The second part of this deception is to create 3D holograms, sound and laser projections that will give way to huge holographic images in the sky. And that's really Bluebeam, is, is more the, that, okay? As Steve Quayle and I discussed in, in an interview, he has a link to it there, a harp-type technology now exists where entire battlefields can be projected and nobody would be the wiser because under these circumstances, nobody could distinguish fact from fiction. Again, I've, uh, you can also keep Bluebeam at contendingfortruth.com. I've done studies on this. Phase 3. Nearly a generation ago, Nick Begich demonstrated to the European Parliament how Project Harp could produce fake voices inside the heads of members of parliament in what is known as voice-to-skull technology. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Including ELF waves, HARP can be directly projected into the brain, causing the brain to receive messages, words, and instructions. HARP can provide a way to wipe out communications over a large area while keeping the military's own communication systems working. HARP can be used for mind control as well. Phase 4 accumulates with mankind's shared belief from the great deception that an alien invasion is underway or is imminent and the only means of salvation is for a godlike figure the antichrist to step in and save humanity well maybe that's the way it will go down maybe or maybe it'll be we're we got world war three going and the man of sin who is going to portray himself as the man of peace comes with a false prophet and says hey guys i got a solution for all these wars and everything and I'm the one that can figure it all out and just sign this, you know, let's go get on under this um, covenant that goes for seven years and I'll bring peace to all the nations. And he comes with all of his ascended masters and the aliens and such a show of force that everybody is in shock and awe and, and scared, most of the world, 
that they lay down their arms and then comes this seven years of tribulation, okay? Or could, in other words, it could go down that way. I don't know whether there's actually going to be an alien invasion or whether it's going to more, more likely, like what he's saying, alien, alien invasion underway or is imminent and the only means of salvation is for a godlike figure, Antichrist, to step in and save humanity. Yeah, there's a very good chance that may be exactly what happens. It's probably high likely. There's a lot of... Um, hollywood um movies in tv series that portray that or it could go down the other way that i just said i i don't want to be dogmatic i don't want i'm not into date setting and saying it's gonna happen exactly this way but i want to give you like kind of a broad thing okay it's probably going to be in this realm of how it could all go down um this will mark the beginning of a one world government in a single pagan religion um the one being called for by the present pope in this final phase of the plan it will be made clear to the people that an alien invasion is imminent and the consolidation of government religion military and economic institutions will be needed for mankind to survive therefore i believe that the pope's conference on combining religions is preparatory for this event because the pope's been very busy lately in his um working for satan and trying to bring in a one world religion and demonizing true Christians. Okay, so continuing on, next report. Donald Trump's immigration czar said Friday that persecuted Christians are only welcome in the United States if their numbers aren't more than a strict, strict cap set this week on refugees of 5,000. So we can literally take in millions, because like I've said, the, the borders have been wide open for so long. The whole building the wall thing's been a total joke. More illegal aliens have come in under Trump than any other president, by far. All de by design, on purpose. Done a ton of studies proving all this. Yet, he'll only take in 5,000. And I'm talking millions of illegal aliens have come in unvetted you know don't know who they are a lot of them are, are child sex traffickers drug dealers mass murderers gang bangers and the worst gangs you can possibly imagine child molesters you name it they're fine though that's fine they can come one come all but donald trump's immigrations are um <clears throat> They put a strict cap on, on this week's refugees at 5,000. What a joke. What a satanic, stinking joke. Again, thank you, Donald Trump. Absolutely. Thank you. You are doing Satan's work. And brilliantly, I might add, because you still have everybody conned into thinking you're, you're the one that's going to save us all and go to bat for us and... <clears throat> It's sad. Ken Cuccinelli, the acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, also said that if that if desperate religious refugees try to enter the country and make asylum claims, a separate process from refugee application, his agency will absolutely not let them in. So if they know that you're a Christian, particularly christian refugee and you come in here anybody else can claim asylum all you got to do because of that legislation trump signed 
back in February that I talked about is just say I might sponsor an unaccompanied, unaccompanied illegal alien minor in the future and you're in. But with them, it's going to be a whole other different standard. There's going to be a 5,000 cap, which is an absolute joke. And you're not going to be able to use that same um, asylum claim. If you're, if you're a Christian, guaranteed, it's going to be for Christians only. Guaranteed. But remember, Trump's got our back and he'll never lie to us and he'll never fail us. Ever. Right? You pathological lying devil. We'll turn them back, Cuccinelli told DailyMail.com. This is the one that Trump, his immigrations are. He appointed. We'll turn them back during a brief exchange with reporters on the White House North Driveway. So they want to make sure that Christians know that they will be turned back seeking refuge from the Muslim devil hordes that are trying to kill them. Ken Cuccinelli, acting director, and he needs to be put on your prayer list, acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Oh, and also, I um, I streamlined the prayer, the prayer request that I had. I, I had a listener ask me to do it, and I went and I tried to streamline it so it's easier to use in a prayer format because I realized the way it was the way it was set up, it was disjointed. Um, so it's a lot more streamlined now. If you print it out now, and it's at the start of every PDF that I'm putting out, you should find that it's it's um, a more streamlined prayer for you. Um, and Ken Cuccinelli, Acting Director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, told DailyMail.com on Friday that only 5,000 persecuted Christians and other victims of religious oppression will only be allowed into the U.S. next year's refugees. But again, we can take millions of the illegals, and that's fine. All by design on purpose. They don't want good people here. They want the worst of the worst of the worst to destabilize the country in the coming destruction and overthrow of America. And they, they don't want quality people here. They don't want persecuted Christians that have good morals and values and that will contribute to society. And thank God. To, they, they want ungrateful, illegal aliens. I'm not saying they all are, but, you know, of those ilk, of, of those of that stripe that I just mentioned. Pedophiles and child molesters and drug dealers bringing their Santa Moarty death cult worship into there where they worship the angel of death. MS-13 gang members and all the other gangs down there. They want that. That's what they want to bring here. And they are. And they want all the children too because then they get sold into child sex trafficking and supply the pedivores, all the blood ritual sacrifice children and things like this that they that they need and consume so they have no they have no this this is five thousand persecuted christians is i mean granted god bless them all and i'm glad there's at least that i guess but i mean it should be if anything if, if there should be any unlimited amounts of christian of people coming it should be the persecuted christians not illegal aliens which which you know, don't have any real asylum claim. Persecuted Christians that are where their life is under threat of death have a real asylum claim. The others don't. Not near to the extent of the persecuted Christians. Sorry, I'm a little biased on that one. His agency would turn back others who claim asylum at the border, of course, but all the others can come in if you're illegal. 
Demonstrators in London protested in 2014 against, against the persecution of Christians in Iraq, demanding a safe haven to save them from ISIS genocide. Yeah. But see, they want the genocide of Christians. Satan wants that. And our government is a tool of Satan at this point, for the most part. <clears throat> Here's another one. Um, open curtain call in California by government officials to see officials to see who will step up to the plate and kill as many white people as possible uh, this is dave hodges and paul martin interview uh from um <clears throat> the it looks like the 11th of september state paul you had uh, access to an embedded source that was in the early Calexit meetings that were attended by uh, former Obama administration officials and so forth. Talk about some of the membership groups that were behind this uh, effort to get California out of the union and get them in as a protectorate for the UN. And if they were unsuccessful, I'd like you to share what your source told you about their intentions towards white people. Well, this was, um the situation that was developing, this is at the very end of the Obama administration. In fact, it was January of 2017 before uh, the uh, um, the inaugural of, of uh, Donald Trump. And I was a, a speaker. I speak oftentimes at our key par local Tea Party. And uh, I was sort of giving an update and talking about some of the problems that we have, and problems with gangs and problems with going forward what potentially might be down the road for California, given the circumstances that um, are out there. And uh, it was uh, interesting because just towards the end of my presentation, uh, a man walked in who I know, I've known, uh, not he doesn't come to the meetings all the time, I don't see him all the time, but he walked in and he's uh, got another man with him, and the other man turns out to be a, a Hispanic. And um, he, they walk in and they sit down, and I'm continuing my talk and my discussion and we we're talking about what might happen. You know, we've got these gangs, we've got these issues going on. And finally, this guy that, that walked in, the Hispanic man, he raised his hand and says, you know, everything that Paul Preston is telling you tonight is absolutely true. He said, I just came from a meeting today, and the reason why I showed up here is because I need to outreach to people. Now, this is a room filled with 90-some people. There's lots of witnesses to this statement that, was, that I'm about to tell you. Uh, and so he's... He said, I just came from a meeting as a businessman. I was invited as a Hispanic businessman to a meeting with Daryl Steinberg, and the meeting was orchestrated by Daryl Steinberg. He is, a, he is the mayor of Sacramento, and it was uh, held in conjunction with the Mexican consulate out of Natomas, which is not far from Sacramento. And he said that in the room was a whole bunch of people, 75, 80 people, and there was also five advisors from the Obama administration. And it, the, the collection of people was the who's who of the gangs in California, all the way from La Familia Nuestra, um, and of course the Norteños, Serenos, uh, MS-13, a whole wide range. Here's a, here's a, here's a so the worst of the worst of the gangs, the Hispanic gangs in the California area, meeting with top Obama officials at the time when he went to this meeting, meeting with other local high-level politicians, and local businessmen. They're, they're, I mean, <clears throat> it's like Satan and all of his henchmen coming together in an open forum meeting to basically, and, and again, this is another reason why they want 
these illegal aliens, particularly ones that have um, that want to kill gringos and white people, uh, that have this axe to grind because they believe we stole all their land hundreds of years ago or whatever. That's another reason they want unfettered access of illegal aliens, because they know there's a much higher propensity and likelihood that they're going to be on that team when the time comes. Even if they maybe don't really want to kill white people now. You know, if they're put in a position, just like the Muslims, that you could say, well, there's nice Muslims. Yeah, but when they're put in a position where it's either kill or be killed, and you're going to be beheaded by your Muslim brethren because you're not killing the infidel, well, guaranteed, most of the time, they're going to they're gonna do as they're told. And this is the same thing for the illegal aliens from Mexico and Central America and South America. Most likely, that's the camp they're going to fall into. Now, I'm not saying all, but I think a good substantial amount of them are. And this is a big reason, another big reason, why they want unfettered access for them. Here, putting on this kind of a meeting. And, uh, you know, with five Obama, now the big question there was the challenge of would people take up arms against Californians and citizens of the United States take up arms? to create like a revolution and kill white people. That was the statement he made to all of us. And all of us are like going, oh my God, I mean, just shocked that that was made. White people will be the main target in the coming chaos, and they'll try to turn every race against the white race, just like they're doing in Hollywood. You know, every show that's out there, and I don't have cable, but the one, but the, the clips and the things that I see, all white men are portrayed as either idiots, gelded, stupid, or evil. And the source of, you know, any kind of crime show, it's always white guys. It's always, they're the most deviant, evil ones out there. You know, and it's like, wow, it's funny how you ignore all the unbelievable crime statistics of other races and you just focus it because they want to create as much animosity toward white men in particular as possible so that when that trigger is pulled and they say, okay, it's time to kill all the white people, they're the reason that you're in the situation and they're the source of all your trouble, they're going to have very little resistance. They want as many willing participants for this purge that's coming as possible. The brief, you know, sat for four hours in a radio station listening to him and watched the video. I mean, I was shocked. But this is this was the plan back in 2017. That was clearly the plan of the Obama administration. Now what we're seeing, of course, is uh, we've had more evidence of this. As you know, Dave, the reason why I was having this conversation is we've had these conversations for years about this intent, this plan. We knew of the plan as early as 2011. Actually, being in the um, being in education or having worked with a lot of gangs since the 1980s. It was a natural progression to see the Obama administration um, kind of work this whole system. So it was an outrage, and I've been on the radio talking about this ever since, of course. Uh, But this is the plan that's going forward right now, I believe, and even a little bit more, we're going to see a little bit more action in this regard over the next month, several months, and perhaps the next couple of years as they try to break down and destroy elements within California, and also throughout the rest of the nation. I don't think it's just going to stop in California, unless we stop it with New California. And I think that uh, we stand a very good chance of being able to stop it, because we'll provide law enforcement that will stop it, uh, whereas California
California, as you know, is going kind of retrograde on law, law, lawful behavior, and they want lawlessness all across the board. Um, and so that the criminal behavior is being enhanced here, supported here, as opposed to discouraged by by uh, strong law enforcement and things like that. Now, law enforcement wants to enact, wants to wants to enforce the laws, but the legislature here in California, which has a mandate to legislate for 11 months out of the year, each year it legislates 11 months out of the year, 2,300 bills going through this year, um, which is just outrageous, causing more taxes, more fees, everything else. But this is their plan. They've got control of the legislature. They've got control of the government entirely from stem to stern, a one-party system, uh, so you, you have to ask the question at this point in time: What could possibly go wrong, except New California? Wrong for them. And uh, yeah, well, uh, when he says New California, that's his movement that he's trying to get in, is um, in order to um, create their own state, New California. That's the the movement that he's behind. That's one what's going on here. They they want to stop them. Yeah, we're going to – I'm looking here at the clock here because I don't want to open up a can of worms as we go into break. But uh, one here in the open forum on Wednesday morning, our special guest is Paul Preston. He's the host of Agenda 21 Radio. And I think probably more important in this day and age, he is also the president of the New California Movement, which is the legal creation of the 51st state where people are trying to escape the crony, corrupt, communist liberalism that has infested their state, and they want to leave these communists to their own. Uh, Paul, one of the things that people really don't realize uh, when I talk about this issue of Cal is they think, well, that's just a California issue. It's only California, and why do we care about California? We're here in Colorado. And uh, I'd like you to address... If California would have left the Union as a protectorate of the United Nations, they would have devastated retail and agriculture in this whole country. Can you address that? Well, yeah, absolutely. And what would happen, it would disintegrate the Union of States. People need to understand constitutionally how the glue that holds these states together is the laws. It's primarily from Article uh, 6 of the Constitution, which is the Supremacy Clause, which states that the United States Constitution is the supreme law of the land, not state constitutional laws or laws that come out and emanate from states. Now, a classic example is a, a big-time challenge for that is California declares itself a, a sanctuary state. Well, you can't do that because what that means is that California laws are superseding federal laws, and that is not the way the Supremacy Clause works. So if one state decides to do its own thing and violate and have superior laws to the U.S. Constitution, then it destroys the bond legally with that state to the rest of the Union, and therefore they're subject to being to leaving the Union. And it also send, sends a signal to the rest of the states, like, well, why do we have to follow federal laws. So you get a quick succession of states, especially left-leading states, which of course they've tried to create. These left-leading states would say, oh, we're not going to have any borders either with the United States. So you'd have states dropping out one by one. And so thus, it would create a border. In other words, there would be no more borders between states. And of course, the globalists want no borders. That's what the whole object is. So they tried, and they've been trying to separate California out from the rest of the group. It would absolutely destroy the rest of the 
because there would be massive taxes that would be imposed upon everything that's shipped through the harbors. By the way, San Francisco and Los Angeles Harbor are the largest harbors uh, providing uh, material support by trade and so on to the rest of the United States. That would tumble in, in a short order. Um, food production would be held hostage. Imagine food production in the great Central Valley, the breadbasket of the planet, literally, um, being held up. And uh, in other words, the Chinese, the communist Chinese, would be in charge of food and, and production, and also with the ports. Uh, you know, they've got, uh, as you said, they mentioned, you mentioned the port of uh, Long, Long Beach, which is right next to the port of Los Angeles. The communist Chinese have had possession of that. I think they're losing some grip on that right now. But they also have inland ports that are, you know, that they've been really kind of looking at, of course, the port of Stockton, which is a deep sea port right in the middle of the Central Valley, and also the port of Sacramento, which is in West Sacramento at the end of the, at the uh, American and Sacramento rivers. Uh, those two ports are the, in San Francisco. Um, they would be seizing all those ports, and of course, any commerce that goes in and out there uh, would be subject to their whims. The biggest thing would be, of course, agriculture, the largest, one of the largest, it is the largest industry in California, but it's also one of the largest providers of food throughout the world. That would be in the hands of the communist Chinese, and so what could possibly go wrong there? By the way, where I live, we uh, live right in the shadow of the Orville Dam, but we live in the largest rice-producing area of the world in any one single place up here in uh, the northern Sacramento County, uh, Valley. So... Uh, one of the area's largest, one of the world's largest rice-producing areas would be in the hands of the communist Chinese. Uh, that's that's the reality. And, of course, if uh, the rest of America wants to live that way, good luck. But, of course, that's not going to happen. Uh, the president's not going to allow this sort of thing to happen, especially Donald Trump. He's not- oh, please. Okay. Again, n- neither Dave nor this guy has gotten the memo about Trump, but, you know, I don't, I don't agree. Allow that to happen. Well, I agree with you that Trump is not going to allow that to happen, but the key is is to have Donald Trump in office. And uh, yeah, That's was, right. <laughs> yeah, well, again, the, you know, what false hope that is. What a lie from the pit of hell. And I wanted just to play that part because it's like, you know, it just goes to show you as much volume of information out there. And a lot of this I forwarded right to Dave, and it's not like he's tried to refute me. He just... Well, he just refuses to truly believe that Trump is evil, even though there's volumes and reams of information 100% proving it, and that he is on Team Satan. But and I tell you, when that when that finally when that facade finally gets ripped off, boy, a lot of these people again they're going to lose hope because their hope is in Trump. In Trump, we trust, and God, I believe, is going to make sure everything that we've put our hopes in apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is stripped bare from America, who's operated in pride and, you know, all the blood of the innocents from, you know, the abortions and all those things and all the wickedness that is perpetuated and emanated out of America uh, via, like, the pornography industry and and just so many other things. Uh, I I just think a lot of that's going to come tumbling down. God has to judge wickedness. So let's go to the next report. Okay, so this is a recent Ted Brewer interview with Austin, his son, and this is a warning about cryptocurrency. Now, now the central bankers are openly talking about taking over the entire planet. Wow, guys, in the middle of all of this stuff is cryptocurrency. 
And cryptocurrency yep. is something you guys got to avoid and stay away from at all costs because that yep. is 100% manipulated. <laughs> of course, as if fiat currency isn't manipulated. But I'm telling you guys. And it will be the currency under Antichrist and false prophet. And I, I've warned about that just alone. And the origins of cryptocurrency was very wicked and evil. I've warned about this. So they're just confirming what I've already said. Sooner or later, these guys are going to stop doing naked shorts on gold and silver. Sooner or later, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. And when that happens, the gold market's going to go through the roof. Silver's going to go through the roof. It's going to be a question of time. Look what the gold's already done this year. It's already up in the last year, up almost 50%. I mean, this is what's happening. If, if they let it fly like it's supposed to fly right now, it would be 20 times what it was. It'd be closer. To, it'd probably be close to $12,000 an ounce right now. But they, but they don't want to do that because that'll signify to the world that the dollar's losing its standing as far as its ability to maintain everything. Something you may want to do. Uh, particularly if you have gold and silver and if you're fearing that we're going to go into a barter type of economy regarding the coming economic collapse, one thing you might want to do, which would be prudent, which will not cost you very much money at all, is go up to eBay, wherever you want, and just buy a gold and silver, buy a gold, silver, platinum test kit. Meaning, if you ever get in a situation where somebody's trying to give you silver in exchange or gold in exchange for whatever, there's a way you will have to test it to see if it's actually real or what the actual carat of gold is or if the silver is actually real. Because sometimes what they're doing with silver is they can, they can take like a copper coin and plate it with silver and it looks like it's silver. But once you, once you do what they call a silver scratch test on it, the copper will start to come through and there's these little testing stones they send with it that you scrape the silver on and you can actually find out with the solution if it's if it's real silver and if it's pure silver or what grade and or if it's not silver at all um so that i mean they're like 12 13 14 dollars for like a full test kit on um, ebay it's just something you might want to think about. I'm just saying, might might be something you never thought about. But if there's a barter economy, you're gonna want to have you're gonna want to have a way to verify if something you're taking in exchange for whatever you have is actually real. So just something to think about. Reserve currency status, and they don't want. They're not quite ready for that yet. But guys, listen to me. That's exactly what they're going to do sooner or later. Once they've stopped extracting everything from the United States as far as our wealth, then they're going to come in and basically bankrupt us and take away our ability to sell bonds on the international market and finance our debt. And all of a sudden, we're going to have a massive contraction of the M1, or we're going to have massive inflation. One of the two is going to happen. What do you think, Austin? Well, you said a lot. So, I mean, let, let me just kind of put a few more things on there that I've been noticing as well. As you mentioned cryptocurrencies, in my opinion and many others' opinion, the cryptocurrency is going to be one of the final final game plans, one of the final strategies that the central banks are going to use. Of course, you've heard all this rhetoric and propaganda for years now about Bitcoin and all that. The central banks don't control them. The central banks can't touch them. That's why the central banks are scared of them. First off, the research that we've seen now over the last few years with cryptocurrency, we have found that there's been very, very, very few individuals that are actually involved in the cryptocurrency market from the inception of it, and that in some cases, many of them were very, very, very shady individuals that had almost no backing in this market and all of a sudden came out with this currency that allegedly is not controlled or manipulated by the central banks but then we have the central banks coming in and saying that eventually a digital currency is something we need so you only need to put two and two together 
to realize that the cryptocurrencies will at some point in time be used as the final reserve currency because it has to be a digital mark, has to be a digital currency. And all that ties back into revelations. I'm not going to go into all that. I've done shows on it numerous times. But once there's a digital currency in place, once there is no more ability to have to print paper, once the ability of the, the debt and everything is so bad, so horrific, people are going to cr- demand a cryptocurrency. They're going to demand a digital form of currency because they're going to want to be saved. Again, because a lot of the population now has been so dumbed down and believing we need the central banks to help us. We need the government to protect us. We need law enforcement and military to hold our hand and babysit us. We need to have the government take our firearms away for our protection. We need the government to feed us, clothe us, house us, support us. Everything about it is basically it's, it's trying to be done to teach the population to be submissive and that the government is all-powerful, all-controlling, all knowing that they're the ones at the end of the day that are going to protect you, feed you, clothe you, and help you. That's what the cryptocurrency basis is going to be pushed on. Right now, there's still too much just speculation in the market with cryptocurrency. It hasn't been really, really hammered down and locked down enough to be able to fully control it. That's why they'll never let it go. That's why they ran it up. And as we saw, only about 1% of the top, top people that control basically, you know, the cryptocurrency owned almost all of it. That's why when it went up to $20,000 a coin or whatever, they pulled the plug on and let it free fall. And they extracted billions of dollars out of the market. Massive amount of debt went through the roof. If you look at the debt on a sheet, on a spreadsheet, back when cryptocurrency was going up, 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 consumer debt was also going up, 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 up at the same time. People were leveraging their houses, refinancing their houses, maxing out credit cards, all to buy in on the cryptocurrency scheme. And you always hear, oh, these people made all this money, all this money. Yeah, there, there, were, there were some people that made very, very good money with cryptocurrency and betting on it. But the percentage of people that actually made massive amounts of money compared to the people that lost massive amounts of money is a horrible ratio when you actually look at the math at it. Going back to what we're seeing in Saudi Arabia right now, as you guys know, oil has been going down, fuel prices have been going down. If you guys have been paying attention to the pump, it's been going down for a little bit. Well, now there has to be a pretext factor in order to invade Iran. We've needed this for, a hundred, for the last 10 years now. As in not saying we, as in us, I'm saying as the central banks. They've needed an excuse to go in. Now what's going to happen is more than likely, I can already see from the markets today, oil is going to go through the roof. <laughs> Futures are going to go through the roof. The gas pump is going to go through the roof. Now, at the same time, you're going to have the American population going on. Oh. I think this was recorded right before the, the Saudi Arabian thing happened where the alleged oil field strike took place and then shut down 5% of the world's oil, which did cause it has rippled and gas prices are up. But again... I think that's more of a prelude to when actually World War III, when we actually go to war with Iran and all oil coming out of that region will most likely be um, shut down. That's when you're really going to see the, the gas prices go through the roof, most likely. Oh my gosh, it's back up to three dollars a gallon. Oh my gosh, it's back up to four dollars a gallon. Oh my gosh, it's costing me one hundred fifty dollars to fill up my truck again, just like it was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And people are going to demand that something be done. It's much easier to get a population to support an invasion of a country when you have them already riled up, rattled, angry, and mad at somebody. You just have even though we're supposedly already energy independent. 
thanks to like tapping in a new oil reserves and things of this nature now i understand yes they've got they've suppressed all kind of free energy things for multiple multiple decades and we we could be totally not even dependent upon fossil fuels at this point if they would have actually started this you know back when free energy they discovered free energy in the tesla stuff and things of this nature um but that wasn't done it was done by design on purpose to control us uh, but we we already even even if we couldn't get any oil reserves from them we have enough between alaska and america to more than supply our own needs but i that's the, that's not going to be mentioned when we go to war with iran they're going in other words they're going to use that as an excuse the, the the whole shock at the pump thing to get people angry enough to want to actually be on board with world war three in iran channel that anger in the right direction the the deep state the globalists whatever you want to call them they've already noticed that there's been very very little citizen support to invade iran there's been very little they've, they've even mentioned that before majority of the population does not want to go into another war we've already seen afghanistan as an abysmal failure from a war on terror aspect but an extreme success on importing heroin and poppy production out of afghanistan so we don't need to be in another war the population doesn't want to be in another war but the bankers have to take over iran it's the last major stronghold in the entire world that does not have a central bank controlling their monetary policy so what do we do what has happened a bombing happens in saudi arabia we blow up and now take out five percent of the entire global oil supply with alleged drone strikes from iran now did iran do this i don't know do i think they did it probably not could they have done it maybe would it make any sense to do this whatsoever no absolutely not but does you know a muslim regime have to have a reason to attack somebody no not really but again when you look at all the dots and you start connecting them and looking at who benefits who gets the best of both worlds if this occurs you start realizing iran isn't very much at the top of the list to have any plausible reason or any really positive solution to attack saudi arabia now okay so we have that and i just thought that brought up a lot of good points tying cryptocurrency in with coming world war three oil prices spike just a lot of it was was tied together there now so let's go to the next report okay so we're shifting gears here and uh this is Macaulay Coke and um, the one that played in like the, all the kids shows, Home Alone and stuff, who was a who was abused very, very badly like most Hollywood children are sexually. Um, and he's come out and talked a lot about this, him and a lot of other uh, now they're grown men, but have come out and talked about this and um Macaulay Culkin exposes the red shoe men and I'm just going to play about 10 minutes of this kind of so you can kind of get the idea of what they're we're dealing with here. Hey everybody this is Rob Harris and I'm making this video for my Dropping Truth Bombs audience and first of all I want to say I appreciate everybody who's liked and followed that page and over a year we've got over 80,000 followers now so I appreciate that and I want to start making some videos that give a spotlight towards some other content creators and some of the serious truth bombs that they are dropping. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Macaulay Culkin. Now, let me go back real quick. There's a saying with uh, QAnon, follow the white rabbit. And here you're going to see pictures. When you just type into Google Macaulay Culkin, you're going to find pictures of him wearing bunny ears. And he's basically basically a white rabbit with, the, with ears on. Um, but, of course, he also has a podcast called Bunny Ears. 
And uh, anyways, he just released and, and made some serious accusations of people in Hollywood. And uh, just to brush up on that real quick, for those that haven't heard of this documentary yet, I recommend looking it up. It's called um, An Open Secret. And it used to be on YouTube, but YouTube keeps taking it down. But if you type in An Open Secret documentary, you're going to find the whole um, documentary on Vimeo for free. So click on it, watch it. It's eye-opening. It dives into, especially in the 80s, uh, with Corey Feldman and all these uh, other young child stars, um, and just how Hollywood turns a blind eye. I mean, I would... I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a very high percent of children that go into Hollywood that end up being sexually abused. And nothing is, nothing, at least so far, has really been done about it. And what Macaulay Culkin is revealing, uh, which Jason at Four uh, covers in this video, is beyond uh, eye-opening. So I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to have my own comments afterwards, and then I'm going to wrap this up. Okay, here's a clip from Jason at Four. But he never blew up like, a, you know, he probably could have. Where did he go? What happened with Macaulay? Like, what's up? But then he posts this thing, you know, again, during the, the Hollywood, uh, you know, awards. And I'm like, oh, did he just say that to those people? What? And it's about the pedo guys. So I'm remembering that as I read this saying, well, he did say that. Now, if he didn't say that right now, how much would I believe what I'm about to read you? Honestly, I probably would believe it a bit still because of what's been happening lately with all these Hollywood elite people. But did, the fact that he already did that, and now this comes out, just gives it a little more power, okay? Former child star exposes entertainment industry execs who sacrifice young actors. Former child star Macaulay Culkin has blown the whistle on the entertainment industry elite to reveal that Hollywood studio executives are bloodthirsty Satanists who ritualistically murder child actors. Again, according to him. They are. The Obviously not all of them are murdered, but, you know, the ones that they select for that are. Lone Star has exposed movie business execs as satanic pedophiles who ritually abuse children in the industry. He claims he only got out alive because he was a smart and suspicious kid who got too famous to be killed like some of the other kids. He says, quote, You learn very early to recognize which of them want to abuse you and which of them have even darker tastes, he said, explaining that the worst of them wear shoes made of the skin of children that they ritually murdered. Right. We're going to go into some of the cute... Shoes made of the skin... Of those that are ritually murdered. Now, I I think I covered this not too long ago. There was a place over in, like, the UK uh, website that has... You can get a belt made of human uh, leather, shoes made of human leather, wallets made of human leather. I mean, we're talking, like, for a pair of shoes, like, 30 grand. And, I mean, if you customize it beyond that, it's even more. And, supposedly, the way they're getting around it is that... These are people that have donated their bodies to for this purpose. So they're they've had their bodies donated and they're 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 being processed. And these people that 
evidently uh, know how to work with human leather, most likely Satanists, all of them, are processing the bodies, and they're making a killing off this stuff. So this is not something that is, you know, the first time I've ever heard of it or out of the realm of possibility. This reminds me of something a really sick, twisted pedivore, meaning a not only a child molester, but one ones that consume children, like Hillary Clinton, Huma Abedin, these types, uh, torture them and ritualistically kill them and then drink their blood saturated with adrenochrome. And then they'll take their bodies and they'll make various articles of things like belts and shoes and wallets and things of this nature and make things like that out of them so they always have this sick twisted demented keepsake that they can parade around this is what we're dealing with here post regarding those red shoes in a minute the worst of these animals wear shoes allegedly by according to macaulay Cocken, allegedly the worst of them wear shoes made of human skin and almost all of them Again, um, this is not being anti-Semitic, but they're, most of them are all of this synagogue of Satan ilk. The high-level Kabbalistic um, Luciferian Jews that are of this ilk. Highest bloodlines of the Illuminati. Again, it's not anti-Semitic. I'm just stating facts. I mean, they would admit to that themselves. Most of them are the ones that control Hollywood. Most of them are pedivores and um child molesters at the highest ranks they're they're the ones that are going up there and putting out all the filth that hollywood's putting out and all of the agendas that i've talked about a lot in recent teachings the the synagogue of satan is pushing that because for some reason it's like the white races are they're really their main target they're doing it through um the whole make race mixing stuff seems to be very important you can't turn on anything now where it's either not a a black guy with a white woman or a white guy with a black woman or mixed i mean again i'm just saying that's what they're doing it's not my fault they're doing this it's very important for them for some reason to destroy the white races oh i just remembered why because they stated in their own rabbinic talmudic kabbalistic writings that unless the white race and christianity is destroyed their awaited messiah cannot arise their awaited messiah is the antichrist the one that's going to go into the rebuilt third temple at the midpoint of the tribulation and commit the abomination of desolation where he proclaims himself to be god they believe they can't get to that point where their messiah comes until the white race is and the and christianity is eradicated now they're never going to do that fully but you know that's what their goal is and that's what they believe has to happen before he can arise so that's what they're saying not me okay and they're trying to accomplish that accomplishing that on many levels breeding white people out of existence killing them outright you look at the genocide going on in south africa you look at the coming genocide that's coming to um america and canada and things of this nature that we're talking about today it's i'm not it's not my imagination it's what it's what they're planning the race wars that they've got planned. And so I'm trying to put, shed light on it to throw as big of a monkey wrench into their plans as possible. Of the children that they killed. And we know, have been told, very few of these top elite men, and guess who else uh, 
Podestas in them. Guess what? Speaking of red shoes, we're going to get on that in a minute. Culkin, Macaulay Culkin dropped a huge truth bomb during a radio interview in Paris, France. He said, have you seen leather products made from human skin? Mm -hmm. It has a very unusual, distinctive look. I learned at a very young age to identify it. The news was picked up by French media, which... In other words, they would wear things like this in order to not so subtly um, indicate that, yes, I am a pedivore. I wear my trophies and my leather has a very distinctive look. So you can't say from a Kabbalistic standpoint, from a high level Jewish Kabbalistic standpoint, you haven't been forewarned because the warning is in what they're wearing. With mainstream French newspapers quickly reporting on the explosive interview, however, within an hour of publication, all reports began to disappear. With previously published articles, suddenly being scrubbed from the internet. French news outlet Les Echos deleted their entire article shortly after it started to go viral, but has not responded to questions regarding why they removed it within an hour of publication and if they were pressured to do so. Hmm. Just know something right now, I'm doing this live stream. If this stream gets taken down or my channel gets taken down, it's because of this video, even though I don't know if this is true or not, I'm just reading you a story. If it does, it'll let you know just how seriously and how important and how truthful this probably was. Yep. French newspaper Les, Les Echoes uh, headline reads, Macaulay Culkin speaks about Hollywood ritual abuse live on radio. And uh, there he's posting a screenshot of the French, you know, text of this thing, you know, where they, on some website that was posting it. Macaulay Culkin claims Hollywood elite rape and murder child stars and use their skin to make boots, belts, and wallets that they use as, as a skin trophy. Mm -hmm. There is a little girl you're about to hear about that you're going to recognize that died, and we were told she died from a disease or she got sick. According to Macaulay Culkin, uh-uh. Somebody needed some shoes, and I'll get to that in a minute. Skin trophies. During the interview, Macaulay Culkin claimed that children in the entertainment industry learn very early to recognize which of them want to abuse you and which of them have even darker tastes. Explaining that some of now, them... Now, the reason I believe he did this, I guess, in France is because he knew there was a, a scant chance that this would actually maybe get out because it was overseas, it was in another language, and it did that. It's just that if he would have done it here probably would have been shut down quicker and maybe his life would have been at more risk I, I don't know Hollywood executives wear skin trophies explain that he was 11 the first time he saw human leather Culkin said he was filming Home Alone 2 in New York when he was ushered into a back room on the set there was a guy in there a powerful executive suit type you know what I mean he said he tried to make me relax by giving me a can of coke started telling me about the nature of the industry. Basically, he wanted me to put my parents, to cut my parents out. He wanted me to, he wanted to be my guardian. He said he would make me into the biggest teen star in history. He said I had it all, but that I had to get rid of my parents. I was like, dude, I'm 11. And he said, you're a man now. Culkin, who has been living in Paris, France since 2003, then explained that the man 
began to make his intentions clear. He started breathing real shallow. My experience with perverts kicked in. I could tell he was interested in me. He licked his lips and told me I was very handsome. I think I managed to say thank you and started thinking about how I could get the F out of here. Dude, I'm 11. <laughs> then he reached into his case and took out a crack pipe. He put that, it in his lap. That's, that's always good. Took out a huge lighter and continued to gaze at me with this overpowering sexual desire. I was just staring at him. I think I said something like, dude, I'm 11 again. I remember he said to me, it's celebration, little man, to celebrate your upcoming success, your many successes. Come, sit back down. He was tapping the pipe on his crotch, smiling this total creepazoid smile. I ran out of the room, but I ran straight into this other guy who was outside the room, and he grabbed me by the arm and threw me back inside. He, he lit the pipe and blew the smoke in my face, which I guess he's the other guy now, the original guy. He told me to look at his shoes. He said they were made from the skin of children he and his friends had murdered. He said leather made from human skin, skin is the finest leather known to man. Death of a Child Star. Macaulay Calkin said the Hollywood executive then dropped a heavy hint about the provenance of the skin used to make his shoes. He meaning, had, meaning the provenance, meaning the origin of it. Where, where, who's, who's little what child did that skin come from that made his devil shoes me if i knew heather o'rourke yeah i remember her i grew up watching poltergeist the cute little blonde on poltergeist the little girl on poltergeist that's who he was saying who died yeah that's who he was saying that was his shoes I remembered her in happy days. She was so cute. Okay, sorry. I had some technical difficulties there. I'm going to just restart it here. I remember her. I grew up watching Poltergeist. I remembered her in happy days. She was so cute. Then it dawned on me what he was getting at, and I vomited all over his shoes. Wow. He's taking it as... You're wearing the shoes of that dead girl. Body? Skin? That's what he's saying here right now. And we're all told, no, she had a, a disease. She died from a disease at a young age. Remember the other day when I said, guys, I, I just got a little spider sense kicking in here. I think we're going to hear from about JonBenet Ramsey again. Like that case is coming back. Uh, child, you know, Pedophiles and all that stuff. I said it's gonna. And soon, soon as sure as shit, as soon as I say it, a day or two later, breaking news: the former photographer. Sorry about that. I, I, I missed that one. Of John Benet Ramsey, nailed on child porn and blah 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 charges. Wow. So here's another one. I think this little girl, again, poltergeist star, had whole entire life ahead of her. And from what Macaulay Culkin is saying, again, I can't, I can't vouch. I'm just reading an article. He got that that guy, because again, the guy's doing crack pipe in front of him. Yeah. He probably isn't in a state of mind of, well, this kid, should I tell a kid right. our deep, dark secret? You know, probably not. But if you're on crack, well, maybe it comes out a little easier. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can tell Macaulay, no problem. Sure. I like that kid. Matter of fact, I want to do something with him that I shouldn't do. So... That, that's the end of this article. 
Okay, so it goes on for about another eleven minutes there, but that that's the that's the main main part of it. Uh, just beyond evil, sick, twisted. I am super over on time for this part, so God bless you, and uh, see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.